Hey everyone, you are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Ken, where our mission is to glorify God, helping each other become mature disciples of Christ as we worship, grow, serve, and reach. that course of that time had a chance to get to build a relationship with Brandon. Um, we were both youth pastors. We took kids to Snowblast. I don't know if you guys remember Snowblast or not, um, but had a chance to get to know him. But driving over here today from Chillicothe, I was reminded of something else I'd kind of forgotten about, but um, about eight years ago, I was coming to Canton about twice a week, uh, which is interesting. So I enjoyed the drive over this morning. It was a nice uh, beautiful morning, and it reminded me of those drives I was making over here. Uh, it was about 2013, I think, was the year. Um, but we were in the process then of starting Helping Hands Resale Shop uh, here in town. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or not, but it's a local uh, resale shop that uh, shares proceeds with the uh, community uh, organizations and nonprofits. And so in that process, I had to be over here a lot. And uh, just loved coming coming here. Um, got to know a lot of people in the community. Um, we've been there about eight years, and uh, that's part of our ministry. One of the things we do is uh, we run three resale shops like that um, in different communities to help local charities and local ministries. Um, so we've had a chance to see the church um, come together and work together. And so it's really been neat to, to see that here in Canton. So hopefully um, we'll continue to have a relationship with your church and see what you guys are doing. It's exciting to be part of casting the vision for your church that you guys are in the process of doing now with your sermon series. Um, I was interested uh, to hear this morning that you're having different people come in and share about the different topics. And so uh, I'm focusing on serving today. Uh, it's a big part of our ministry. Uh, but before we get into God's word, I want to uh, just ask God to be with us and speak to us today. We'd like to look at uh, the book of James reminds us that we don't want to be like the man who looks in the mirror and forgets what he looks like. I know what I look like in the morning. I don't want to walk away and remember what that, not remember I need to do something about that before I stand before you today. So like that, we also need to make sure that we don't walk away and forget what God shows us this morning. So let's ask God to speak to us and then help us put into action what we hear. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we can come to you confident that you are in control. Lord, we thank you for your, your word that we can open together and read together and learn together. But God, we don't want to be like the man that walks away and forgets what he's seen. We want to put into action what you show us today, God. So I ask you to bless uh, this time in your word. And then we ask your Holy Spirit, Lord, to guide us and teach us as well as help us to act on what you say. So help your people to represent you well in this community in Canton into the outlying areas, into the ends of the earth. But help us to do that by remembering what you show us and then putting it into action. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So just to get back to that real quickly, one of the things with our ministry, Small World Connections, that we focus on is this passage we're going to look at today in Philippians. Now, I love this passage because this is a, I call this a, a, um, a chain I've always had a problem. I grew up in church, and I always struggled with, they'd tell me to be like Jesus, and I'd be like, well, that's, 
be like Jesus. I mean, he was Jesus. And then I realized that what we are blessed with is the Holy Spirit. And as I grew in my faith, I started to see that we have examples throughout his word of where somebody represents Jesus well. And obviously, even if we stop with Paul and say, okay, well, Paul had the, the Damascus Road experience, right? I mean, blinded him, pretty dramatic conversion, right? I, that did, nothing like that happened to me when I came to Christ. So I've, even in the past, as, as a kid growing up in church, I sort of said, well, I can't be like Paul. But then we get to the third tier to guys like Timothy, guys who were influenced by people like Paul to act on what Jesus had shown them. And I think it's encouraging to see that, that we as everyday people who struggle, people who have difficult things in our lives, temptations, not perfect people, we can act on what God shows us and serve others as Timothy does. And so we use this passage as, a, as sort of the, the foundation of our ministry, Smaller Connections, of where we are actually helping people um, serve with a Timothy attitude. So this passage shows us a little bit about what that attitude is. And then I want to just share uh, some other stories that sort of give you an example of what it looks like when you live out that kind of attitude. So if you want to flip there with me, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to put my glasses on so I can read it. It's funny, I'll tell you a quick story. I was at a church one time when my eyes were going bad and I hadn't realized I needed cheater readers yet. And uh, I did this thing where I kept moving around to try and get under the light because I thought it was dark in the room, and I realized I couldn't find a spot where I could read the Bible. So the next week I bought these, and I've been doing it, using these ever since. So I will not spare you that today. I'll try to read it with good vision. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to begin in verse 19, and we'll go through 24. So Paul writes this about Timothy. He says in Philippians 2:19, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone else looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me, and I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. So Paul has this guy, Timothy, that he can send anywhere. He said, I can send Timothy to you. I can't come. I can send Timothy, and I'm confident that he will represent Christ the way that I would if I was there. Now, we adopted this passage at first when we started our ministry about 12 or 13 years ago, as I stepped out of pastoral ministry, because I was struck by the fact that Paul said he only had one guy like this. Paul said, I have one guy like this, and I can send him to you, and he represents me well. And I thought, don't we need a whole church of people like that? Don't we need to have a whole church, a body of people, believers in Christ, who follow Christ with that same passion, that same ability to serve other people as Christ serves? And so that's the, that's the mission of our, of our ministry to help more people adopt that Timothy attitude, create a Timothy culture of people who have that attitude, 
and step out, whether it be mission trips that we help people go on overseas, whether it be to serve local ministries like we have with Helping Hands Resale and other ministries you might do through this church. Those are the opportunities we have to have a Timothy attitude as we step out and serve. And so as you, as a church, are, are looking at what you're about this, these weeks, uh, past weeks and weeks to come, aren't you trying to figure out how to be more like a guy like Timothy? So that when God looks at you, he sees you stepping out with confidence in Christ that you are serving him well. So the, the bigger question I think today as we talk about service is, what's the key to serving well? What's the key to, to being like this guy Timothy? Now you might think, again, you might think, well, he was trained by Paul. Of course he's going to turn out, turn out great. <laughs> but the reality is, is that we all have the same opportunity, the same gift that Timothy had, and that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right? Amen? So, wherever you are in that journey today, wherever you are in that that um, chance to see what God's doing through you, maybe you've um, in the past not stepped into that fully, maybe you're just about to, maybe you're growing as you guys have talked about and you want to do more, you want to serve others. I want to look today at, at, at just some ways to, to do that so that we can be confident in what the key is to serving well, to serving with this Timothy attitude. And I'll just tell you up front, it's pretty simple. You might have seen it in the, in the sermon title today. It's keeping your eyes on the road. And we're going to clarify what that means in a second. So keep your eyes on the road is the key to serving like Timothy, to serving with this Timothy attitude. Now, I'm not glorifying Timothy here. I'm, I'm going back to what I said earlier. Timothy's are a great example of somebody like us who received the Holy Spirit and stepped out and served the way Christ served others. And so today, as I say, keep your eyes on the road, you might be wondering, well, what does that mean? What, what, what's the road? What do I do? I'm going to ask you a question, first of all, though, and I'm Probably, I'm guessing, I'm going to say 80%, I'm just going to guess in this room. How many of you have ever taught a 15-year-old how to drive a car? Really? Some of you that aren't raising your hands, you never taught anybody 15 to drive a car. Okay, is that a fun experience? Is that, are you like, yeah, another kid I get to teach how to drive? <laughs> Probably not. I'm on my third and uh, the first two turned out pretty good. You know, they're doing all right. Now, this third one thinks he's the best driver in the world. <laughs> uh, he'll tell you that, too. Oh, man, I'm the best driver in the family, Dad. And um, it's interesting because I don't, I don't disagree with that. He is a good driver. But he has the same problem that we all have. And it, it's ironic, I think, because another thing that I've taught my, my kids is to look people in the eye when they talk to you, right? Hey, Son, look up, make eye contact, talk to that person when they're talking to you, right? You guys do that too probably as parents, right? Make eye contact. Those are good things. They don't work well together if you're talking to the person that's sitting next to you in the car while you're driving. Just a, just a quick, if you haven't taught a 15-year-old yet, just let me give you a little help there. So those two things don't correspond very well. So I'll get him driving looking over and talking to me while he's driving. That is not... Get your eyes on the road! 
I don't know how many times I have to say that. Don't look at your phone. Get your eyes on the road. There might be a really great lesson on how to drive on that phone. But I need you to drive right now. Get your eyes on the road. And that's something that I think all of us need to remember in this, in this goal of serving with a Timothy attitude, of serving like Christ. What is the road? Well, clearly in John 14, we're told that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through him. So the road, the way, the path, is Christ himself. It tells us in Hebrews 12:2. what does it say there? Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So if we're in that situation where we, we see that I, I want to follow him, I want to serve others with a Christ-like attitude, then the goal, the need, the key is to keep our eyes on the road, to watch Jesus, to see what Jesus does, to see where he's guiding through his Holy Spirit. And it sounds simple. I was thinking this on the way over here this morning, too. It sounds like I came with such a simple message. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Wow, where did you get that one? You know, that's the, that's the classic Sunday school answer, isn't it? You know, if you don't know the answer and you raise your hand, guess Jesus or Moses, and you're probably going to get it, right? Well, it's not easy. It might be simple. It might be a simple key, but it's not easy. It's not easy to keep our vision to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Amen? There's a lot of phones and other things that distract us, a lot of distractions in this life, a lot of temptations and things that would pull us away from keeping our eyes on Him. So I only really have one suggestion today as far as a way to do that, to keep your eyes on Him as you're serving, as you're desiring to serve, to serve the King. And that is simple. Again, it's prayer. Now, you might say, well, if, if my goal is to fix my eyes on Jesus, you'd say, well, why is that the goal? Why, why is it so important that I, that I watch him and, and see where he's guiding and see where, where he's leading? I want to remind you of something. You are not able to do this on your own. Okay? I'm not sure if you, like me, find times where you get um, deceived into thinking that you're doing this yourself. When your church talks about wanting to serve, you are actually saying you want Jesus to serve your community. You want Jesus to serve others through you. And so it's important to remember that because you don't want to be, I don't think you want to be, um, misunderstood and, and take credit for something that God does, right? You want God to get the glory, don't you? Amen? You want him to get the glory. Now, you don't. For instance, this is something we, a, a mistake that I think we often make in, in the church. Who parted the Red Sea? Moses? No. Moses didn't part the Red Sea. How could Moses part the Red Sea? Jesus, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Trinity, parted the Red Sea. Amen? So, so it's the same with serving. It might be a smaller thing. You might think, well, I'm not parting the Red Sea. I just want to help my neighbor with something or do something kind to somebody that's in a tough situation. You have to remember, it's not going to be you. It's going to be Christ in you, living through you and loving and serving those people. 
The reminder for this, uh, of this for me is Galatians 2. Let's just go ahead and flip over there. Galatians 2 is a great reminder. 2 verse 20. Paul writes this also. Because he knew it. Right? Paul knew this about himself. He remembered the Damascus Road. He remembered that he was the one on the way to persecute the church. And Jesus took over. Jesus stepped in and said, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. That's what he said. So Paul remembers that when he writes things like this in Galatians chapter 2. Galatians 2 verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul knew that it wasn't him. Paul knew that it was Christ living in him. That he no longer lived. And God would get the glory. God would get the credit for what Paul would do. So he taught that to Timothy. And then Timothy did the same thing. Timothy showed that to the world through living out this attitude of the mind of Christ. And just as a reminder of why it's important to make sure the right person gets credit, I'm going to show you a picture it be a little bit hard to see it, maybe, where you guys are, but I'm going to hold this up. not sure if you can see that or not. But on this poster that I came across a couple days ago, it says, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And then real small right here, it says Wayne Gretzky. But real big right here, it says Michael Scott. Michael Scott is from a show called The Office. And he seemed to have a problem giving credit where credit was due. He wanted to take credit for this famous line. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Well, the great hockey player Wayne Gretzky said that. But Michael wrote it on the board and then put his name right there and tried to take credit for it. I just wonder sometimes how many times I do that. Right? Walk away from something that God did and get a pat on the back. Hey, Brent, good job. Oh, yeah, man, I did pretty good there. And I forget that I, I know that it's him living in me that did that. And that's what serving is about. So as we live out this Timothy attitude and hopefully create a Timothy culture within our church and the larger church, the body of Christ as a whole, we have that opportunity to glorify him so that he gets the credit, he gets the glory, and he draws people to himself through us. So, Go back to prayer. I am here today to remind us that fixing our eyes on Jesus is so important because we need to keep that perspective of it's him living through us. He is the road. He's everything. So that sort of joke I gave about what it's like in Sunday school to raise your hand, well, it's because it is all about him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. None of us, not one of us, can come to the Father except being on that road. He is the road. He's the path that we need to follow. So he'll guide you to the right people. He'll guide you to the right words. He'll speak through you if you let him. But we get distracted at the phones and making eye contact with other people and the things that pull us away from watching the road to get to the destination and glorify him. So how does prayer fit into this? Why would I say to you that, that the one thing I'm going to give you today is a way to refocus to get our eyes back on Jesus' prayer. Well, as we read in Galatians 2, the reality is, is that Christ lives in us. 
In Philippians 2, verse 5, it says this. We're supposed to have the same attitude or the same mindset as Jesus Christ. And if you read that earlier part of that chapter, of chapter 2, it goes through all these things that Jesus did. The ways he humbled himself. The ways he gave his life on the cross. And he sacrificed everything on our behalf. We're called to have that attitude. And I don't mean a Christ-like attitude. Actually, his attitude. Because we have him living in us. Right? So we have the mind of Christ available to us to love people the way he would do it. Because he will do it through us. That's the beauty of our faith. He didn't just, he didn't just die on the cross and say, okay, you're on your own. He sent us the Holy Spirit so that, guess what? Now there's not just one Jesus. There's a lot of little Jesuses walking around. Serving, loving, caring for people, drawing people to Him, and glorifying Him. And I want to look at just two, two great stories in, the, in God's Word of that. So, the first is in, in Acts chapter 11. If you want to go ahead and turn there, just hold that spot for a second. Acts chapter 11 not a story we read that often in church, I don't believe. At least I haven't in the past. Um, but before we do that, I just want to, I want to clarify uh, from Ephesians 6 why this is important. Prayer gets our eyes back on Jesus. And Galatians 6.18 says this. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions for all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on what? Praying for all the saints. To me, it sounds like we're called to pray all the time. And I remember being discouraged by that and thinking, how could I possibly pray all the time? It says, pray without ceasing is another passage. Another passage says, take every thought captive. How could I do that? How could I possibly do that? And then I thought, this was a few years ago, I thought, you know what? If I prayed every time I was worried about something, or every time I was concerned about something or fearful, I'd be praying all the time. There'd always be something on my mind that I needed to give to him. It might be how to, how to uh, love someone. It might be how to um, handle a situation. But when you can take those things captive that are on your mind, flip them around, and turn them into an act of worship by giving it to him and saying, Lord, I don't know what to do here. I need your mind. I need your heart. I need your attitude. Then you see things happen. And these two stories from the Word that I want to share with you, and then one that happened yesterday, um, I think these three stories exemplify the need for us to pray, the need for us to, to be giving it to God. So the first is this passage in Acts chapter 11. I'm just going to read it. We have a few minutes here, so I'm going to read all of this story. Now, it might. this is a setup for that um, Acts chapter 11, verse 27 is where we're going to start, but I'm going to go a little bit before that. We'll, we'll read from 25 on. So Acts chapter 11, 25. I'm going to read through the end of the chapter, but I want you to listen as you're hearing this or as you're reading along. I want you to, to imagine that this is, this is the early church. This is them figuring things out. This is not them with thousands of years of history like we have. This is them literally figuring out what does it mean to be the church. Okay. So you guys are in that process now, and you're, you're going over your vision and your mission statement as a church. Well, they're in the process of figuring this out. Jesus is gone. He, he rose from the dead, went back to heaven, sent the Holy Spirit. Now what do we do? 
This is what this church came up with. Listen to this. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. So we're looking, we're starting to look at Paul here. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. Listen to this. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. This is a key passage that we don't talk about often. This is the first time we are called Christians. And what does that word mean? Little Christs. They were known as a people that when they looked, they were, people saw them, You're, you look like Jesus. You're, you're a little version of Jesus. You're a smaller version of Christ. And that's the first time we recalled that. So let's look and see what a church that's called Little Christs does when things get tough. During that time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. And this happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Oh, okay, it's a nice Bible story. Really? Really? Think about this for a second. Prophet comes and tells their church, a famine is coming. You might think the very next thing that you hear they do is start a food pantry in the back room to save enough food for themselves so when the famine comes, they have enough food. Not this church of little Christs. What do they do? The very first thing they think of is, how can I help another church? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that what serving is about? Isn't that what Philippians 2 tells us, to have the, the mind and the attitude of Christ? To, to have others' best interests in mind? As Paul says about Timothy, that's what Timothy stood out for, was that he had the, other, the interests of others in mind and what mattered to Christ. Well, this church got that. I like to think that if I was here today and I prophesied that there was a famine coming, that this church would say, let's pass the hat and help a different church. Isn't that the kind of church you want to be part of? Not just taking care of yourself and watching out for your needs, but to think of others first. And they pass the hat, they take a collection, and everybody does as much as they can, not to take care of themselves, to help the church in Judea. It's a beautiful picture of the body of Christ. And that's what we're called to do as we serve with our eyes on the road, on the way, the truth, and the life. Another great story. Just flip a little bit past that to Acts chapter 16. Got a few minutes here. I want to make sure we get this one in too. I love this story for so many reasons, and maybe it's not the same reasons that you've liked it in the past. So I'm just going to show you something in here that maybe you, maybe you missed in the past. Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse 25. Love it. Love this story. Think, used to think I knew what was going on in the scene, but I missed something. It says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. <clears throat> so they're praying. Remember that part? I said, be praying. Praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself. We are all here. 
The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them into the house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God and his whole family. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Let me ask you something. What do you think they were praying about in that cell? They were praying and singing, and it says the other prisoners are listening to them. First of all, why do you think the other prisoners are just listening to them? They can't see them. They're in a pitch black dungeon. We know that because the jailer has to bring lights to even see that they're in there. But I ask you, what do you think they're praying about? I know what I think I would be praying about if I was in jail. Lord, get me out of here. Lord, why me? Lord, why did you put me in this prison? Why are you letting this happen to me, Lord? Not these guys. We know that's not what they're praying. Because if that's what they were praying about, when the earthquake comes and the doors fly open, you'd be like, woohoo! Let's get out of here! They don't move. They get the other prisoners to stay too. And when the jailer comes, fearful for his life, ready to kill himself, because he thinks he's blown it. They say, no, 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 we're here. We're here. They served that guy. They, they led his family to Christ. So they weren't, how can I say this? They weren't just thinking about themselves. They were thinking about him. I don't know, maybe they were praying for him specifically. I don't know what, but I know they were not praying to get out of that jail. Because that would have been the answer and they would have been out of there, right? So use this to inspire others and yourself and think, you know, do I just pray for my own needs? Do I just pray for what I, what I want? Or do I think about my neighbor? Do I think about those who don't know Christ yet? Do I look for ways to serve them? And then when God does something, am I ready to step into it? I want to end with this story. And then just give you a practical way to, to, to have prayer fix your eyes again on Jesus. Uh, yesterday, my daughter, uh, we came home. We had stepped out. I went down to our resale shop in Chillicothe to pick something up and came back. And my daughter, who's uh, 19, um, was kind of sitting on the couch in the living room, which is kind of a weird place for her to sit. And uh, she started telling us something that had happened while we were gone. She was looking out her window, the window of her bedroom and watched a grandma um, struggling to push a baby in a stroller down the street uh, and cross the intersection in front of her house. And she had watched all this, and she was telling us about it. And the lady was really having a hard time pushing it. Really slowly, um, the baby was in, was in the stroller. And as she crossed the intersection, uh, which is on a busier street next to our house, she stumbled and fell. And caught herself, landed on her knees, and kind of rolled over onto her shoulder. So my daughter, which is not her character, not her nature, to get involved or to to be put in an awkward situation, she ran out there. And we're like, what? You did? 
she ran out there and helped the lady up, which was, which is great. I kind of hoped she would do that, but she really went the extra mile. She took over pushing the stroller and walked that lady a block and a half uh, to, to her trailer where she, where she was staying. And then when they got there, she wasn't strong enough to get the baby up the stairs. So my daughter picked up the baby in the stroller and loaded it all and put it into her house and went in and made sure that the baby was settled uh, before she took off. We were only gone like 15 minutes. <laughs> and I thought, Lord, I said, you know, we pray with her and just thank, thank the Lord that, um, that she acted. But are we watching for those opportunities? Are we praying to be ready when those things happen? I don't know. I don't know if I am, honestly. I mean, I, I want to be. But I've, I've, in sharing this with you this morning, I've been thinking that, that this idea of prayer does what we hear in Romans 12. It renews our minds. It turns our eyes and our focus back on Jesus, away from the situation, away from our own struggles, and puts our eyes on him. And then he guides the things like we, we see in these two stories and what happened with my daughter. And then we act. But we know it's not us. My daughter would tell you that it, that's not her nature just to run out there and get that involved in something that's a completely awkward situation. But she did. And she knew that it was Jesus living and acting through her. Amen? So I'm just make two suggestions as far as prayer goes. One... Pray in the moment when it's happening. I would suggest scripture. I would say memorize scripture. And when something's happening where you think you have an opportunity to serve, pray. Pray that scripture. That's one way. It's being ready in the moment. But I'd also say to be, be ready in prayer before the moments happen. Prepare your heart. And one of the passages that, that I use for that is Psalm 139. At the end of that psalm, David says, Search me, Lord, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Show me anything that's displeasing to you, Lord, and then lead me in your way everlasting. So find a prayer that you can pray in advance before the moments come. Because he'll bring them if your eyes are on the road. You might miss those things if your eyes are on all this other stuff. But if it's on him, he will guide you to those moments. So be ready, to be ready by praying in advance. Pray before the moments come. And then pray in the moment when things are happening. And ask him to help you have the strength to do it. Just to kind of um, guide this to a, to a close here, I want to encourage you that you might think, well, memorizing scripture and uh, having a prayer uh, you know, might be something that's a little bit hard for me to do. But if you know the Lord's Prayer, you've already done that. You've already memorized scripture. And you have a chance to pray daily, something that's going to put your eyes back on the road. And I would encourage you to do that. So I'm going to close my time with just leading us in the Lord's Prayer together. I use debt and debtors as I say it. So if you would join me, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Lord, we just come now and ask that you would guide us. We ask for you to have your spirit speak to us as we keep our eyes on you. Lord, forgive us when we miss those opportunities because our eyes are other 
places or distracted. Help us remember, Lord, that it's you that gets the glory, that you will act through us if we watch that road and see where you want us to go. Help us to serve with joy today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.